Good morning, it's October 17th, and this is To My Liberal Friends. To say that Congress is broken is an understatement. The various factions in Congress have made the body paralyzed, unable, unable to do even the basic things required. And while the media loves to blame this entirely on the Republicans, the Democrats have to share some blame as well. The current situation started with the midterm elections about a year ago. Most experts were predicting that Republicans would win a strong majority in the House, but the red wave that was thought to occur turned into a red ripple and left the Republican majority with almost no wiggle room. The election of Kevin McCarthy to become the new speaker was a drawn-out affair that took 15 votes and numerous concessions by McCarthy to garner the necessary 217 votes. Those concessions made him a weaker speaker, and the most serious one was allowing one member to file a motion to vacate. This is exactly what Matt Gates did, and he and seven other Republicans joined the entire Democratic caucus to deprive McCarthy of the necessary votes to remain in the Speaker's chair. So Democrats have some blame to share themselves. Now we have the Republicans trying to find a way to get someone the necessary 217 votes. Steve Scalise and Jim Jordan faced off within the caucus, and Scalise got a majority of the vote, but the right wing of the party refused to give him the necessary votes to win on the floor. After a couple of days of negotiating and talking to members, Scalise withdrew his name for consideration. That allowed Jordan to get back in and get the majority of the votes within the caucus. And Jordan has tried to work to assure the moderates within the caucus that he will unify them. He got the support of Mike Rogers, a key player, but on the first ballot this morning, he was unable to get the necessary support from the Republicans to become the next speaker. There may be another vote today after they caucus on this, and we'll have to watch and see if anyone moves. The worst thing, in my opinion, that happened to the Republican Party is creation of the Freedom Caucus. These members come from ruby-red districts, so they don't worry about getting reelected. They demand everything be the way they want it, and with a slim majority, it makes it almost impossible for the Republicans to actually govern. One of those members is Matt Rosendale, Republican from Montana, who last week, he said he prayed for a slim majority in the midterm so that his group would have the ultimate leverage. Had the red wave actually occurred, him and his band of misfits could have been ignored. Back before the Freedom Caucus was created, the Republican Caucus was well known for its unity and ability to vote together. It was the Democrats that were split then and had to cut a deal to get their caucus together in any key vote. But times have changed, and the Republican Caucus is the one that is splintered, and while the Democrats have their factions, when it comes to voting, they've been able to bring those factions together to vote as a unified bloc. So I've been listing some right-leaning Republicans, and they say they don't compromise. They stick to their guns and don't care what happens. I say to them, that tells me three things about you when you say you never compromise. First, you've never been married. I've been married for almost 54 years, and I can assure you, I've made many compromises. Way more than my wife, if I'm being honest. Two, you've never raised a teenage daughter. I've raised four of them. And once again, it was one compromise after another, as my wife told me I had to learn to pick my battles. And third, you've never been in business because you make, you make deals that involve compromises every day. What these fanatics don't seem to realize is that politics is the art of what is possible and learning how to maximize that advantage you have. When Democrats control the Senate and the White House, what makes them dream that they can have everything they want and the Democrats will simply acquiesce to their wishes? Early this year, when Speaker Kevin McCarthy forced President Joe Biden to the negotiating table after Biden repeatedly said he would not negotiate on the debt limit. In that deal, most analysts said that McCarthy came out the clear winner. Democrats were forced to swallow some bitter pills as Republicans got some clear wins in that deal. But now they're poised to fritter that win away by arguing amongst themselves. 
Congressman Don Bacon from Nebraska adeptly described the Freedom Caucus when he said, quote, these guys want to be in the minority. I think they would prefer that because then they could just vote no and yell and scream all the time, end quote. Think about that for a moment. It does sound like so many of the far-right faction of the Republican Caucus. Nothing is ever good enough for them, and they have to demand the perfect bill in doing so for the goal of winning in the end. They may end up back in the minority, and they would only have themselves to blame. Then Democrats would feel emboldened to tax and spend to their heart's content. And anyone that's looked at the short-term history of Jim Jordan should be able to predict where he would, might take the Republicans in the House. Jim Jordan has shown repeatedly that he's willing to risk a debt failure or a government shutdown when the alternative means a compromise with the Democrats. He voted against the measure to keep the government open earlier this month. Jordan's a fixture of the right wing of the party. He's a co-founder of the Freedom Caucus. And I hate calling it that because it should really be called the Freedom From Governing Caucus. He is known for his total loyalty to Donald Trump and joined Trump in claiming that the election was stolen from him. The result was Trump endorsed him and Jordan voted against certifying the election results presented by the Electoral College. Where Jim Jordan is most effective for the Republican Party is where he is right now. He chairs the House Judiciary Committee and he's been a junkyard dog in investigating the corruption of the Biden family. In a recent CNN poll, not exactly a conservative outlet, 60% of voters think that Joe Biden was involved with his son, Hunter Biden, in their foreign business dealings. Jordan, along with Congressman James Comer, who chairs the Oversight Committee, have produced a substantial amount of evidence that shows that Biden himself is linked to the bank accounts of his son and business entities. Jordan is not someone, in my opinion, that can bring the caucus together, and right now I'm not sure that candidate exists. For, what to ha for that to happen, the right wing of the caucus would have to realize that if they can unify and work together, they can achieve more results by making some minor compromises now and then expand their majority in the House and possibly retake the Senate and the White House. Then they can start, begin slashing spending and bring this deficit under control. This has been To My Liberal Friends. I appreciate your listening. If you enjoy the podcast or have a comment, please make it.